Jack Rabinovich is a Canadian philanthropist best known for founding the Giller Prize, which is named after his late wife, Doris Giller, a former literary columnist and editor for the Toronto Star. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thank you. I'd like to start off with a quote from a former judge of the Giller, Robert Fulford, talking about you, quote, He wanted much more than a handsome prize awarded to a deserving book. He wanted a campaign to focus national attention on good writing, the kind he likes and Doris Giller liked. Did he envision the Giller Prize hitting the front pages every year like no other prize? I think so. He wanted us to get excited each autumn about several serious books, and he wanted that excitement to spill over onto good books by other writers. So what kind of books do you like and did Doris like? Oh, Doris was very eclectic. She was a prodigious reader. She never went to university, but she became a bibliophile because she was brought up on books and she read everything that she could lay her hands on. Fulford, Robert Bob Fulford is not entirely right. It really started off as a party to celebrate books and writers. It was started by Mordecai Richler and I, and we both coming from Montreal, we decided to celebrate by throwing a Montreal-type party, which at that time, in 1994, in Toronto, was like something new. But the chattering class, the reporters, the writers, the journalists, the friends of Doris, all adapted the prizes or adopted the prizes their own. That's really what made it successful. And we geared it to November, where, as you probably know better than I do, most of the books are sold. I think 60% of all books are sold in those four months or 70%. Leading up to Christmas. And Mordecai was the one uh, that impressed upon me, said, Jack, writers like to sell their books. (laughs) That's how we make a living. That's how we get to keep writing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, it's interesting. Congratulations are in order, by the way, for your, as we say, your upgrade to uh, Platinum <laughs> Order of Canada. Thank you very, very much. In citing the reason for this upgrade or promotion, the Governor General Committee or whomever decides these things stated that, that you continue to lend extraordinary energy to the promotion of Canadian literature, maintaining a very active leadership in the administration of the Giller. He has negotiated a partnership that has solidified the Giller as Canada's most lucrative and illustrious literary award. Canadian authors and publishers alike have gained increased sales as a result of either nomination or win, plus the awards have helped to raise the profile of new and lesser known authors. So when I saw that, I said, you're not doing this to help authors sell books, but Maybe you are. Yes, the idea was the rising tide raises all all the ships, okay? And we realized at the beginning that the five books that are selected as the shortlist of authors are the real winners. The rest is, as many people have said, it's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? You have three judges who either agree or disagree on the final winner. That's why when we uh, made arrangements with Scotiabank, we immediately sought to reward all the all the winners, okay? So the main winner now gets $50,000, the others get $5,000 each. Because the five books that are selected benefit from being on the short list. Sales may seem like a crass and commercial term. The fact is that sales means readers. The more people who read, the more beneficial it is to all Canadian writers. And also, in terms of your motivation, to get people talking about Canadian books. Absolutely right. The more people talk, the more people want to read. It's hard to talk about something you haven't read. Even though there's a book by a French prof that, uh, that's titled something like How to Talk About a Book You Haven't Read. But yeah, yeah. and a lot of that does go on, doesn't it? It's, it's much easier to talk about a book you've read. Yes. The play around prizes is such that they're designed to be controversial. Well, just remember that many authors don't 
like prizes. It's a sort of an entering situation because many authors like to feel that they're writing for reasons other than commercial reasons, okay? It's because it's in their system and they, they want to get it out. They can't help not. That's right. But at the same time, in order for them to keep writing, there has to be some type of commercial viability to what they're doing, okay? And our purpose was really just to make Canadian authors and Canadian readers sort of come together a little more, and the chattering classes helped do that. You know, when the, when the committee chooses M.G. Vasanji twice, and someone like John Metcalf can't stand the guy's writing, that's good for you. That's what you want. Well, it's not what we want, but it's a, sort of symptomatic of the situation. Remember, judges pick the books that they think are the best. Different judges might pick different books. But when Vasanji won the first year, I remember Mordecai saying to me, he says, why are people so unprepared for this? All they have to do is read the book. From their own opinion. Yeah. Many people think Vasanji is one of the finest writers in Canada today. There's a lyricism to his writing that is unique. You know what's interesting, though, and bothersome, is that so much of the commentary on the prize is around the rules and regulations of it rather than the actual content of the books. Well, I'll tell you the strangest part, though, is that what has really made the prize uh, succeed in terms of its objective to get more writers out to more readers is television. Filming the, of the dinner the, the, the awards. Filming of the dinner awards. At the last count, over two million people at one time or another saw the Giller Award situation. I have a cardiologist who calls me up one day after an exam, and I, I'm worried about what he's going to tell me. And then he says, Jack, he says, I read Lyndon McIntyre's book. It's very good. Can you recommend another book? <laughs> so he, here's a cardiologist who's interested in reading other books that sort of have a Giller stamp to them, which is... Now, whether they have a Giller stamp or a Booker stamp or a Pulitzer stamp makes no difference because, as I said, when the tide rises, it raises all the ships and raises all the writers. Yeah, and I like what you said about, about the fact that, you know, if people are talking about it and you go to a party and you don't know, you don't know what's going on, it's a pretty good incentive to... To read the book. Yeah, yeah. And you can't get that by reading the jacket only or <laughs> reading a review. Or the last page... There have been some, as I mentioned before, suggestions on how the prize might be adjudicated. One of them he says, for example, the Giller Prize would do better as the Turner Prize, the art prize in England, to honor, quote, artists on the cusp between what the art world would call late emergent and early mid-career, instead of putting Vincent Lamb and Lyndon McIntyre on the same shelf as Alice Munro and Mordecai Richler. Well, different people are going to have different ideas, okay? We started with the concept of highlighting the best books of fiction of the year, okay? What these judges, judges thought were. What yeah. these judges thought were. The Vincent Lamb book, the Lyndon McIntyre book, may not be a Vasanji or a Michael Ondaatje or an, or an Atwood type of book, but it is the best book of the year. The same way if you go to the Oscars, you may not agree with that that movie being good, but it's the best movie of the year. According to the judges. According to the judges. Yeah. The, that's why we have internationalized the judges, because we, we want people from different areas to bring their own un-Canadian concept to the judging. And that's why what uh, Victoria Glendinning did was so terrific. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's, there's nothing wrong with sticking pins in cushions. 
She. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I don't like about the judging system and the fact that there's three of them here, or however many there are, is that there doesn't appear to be, or at least there isn't, a considered justification. I wonder if you'd consider having a two to three thousand word written justification put out with the prize so that we could all engage with it, rather than just, here's the winner. Well, for each of the five books, they've stated their opinions on each of the five How shows. significantly, though? Well, significantly, I think it's about 200, 300 words, okay? Each justification. From then on, it's a bit of a crapshoot, as I said before. That's why, to me, the five shortlisted books are the winners. And the interesting part is they all feel that way. So there's typically, among the judges, consensus about the top five. Yes. Now, you know, many people picked the Annabelle Lyons book last year instead of Lillian Macca. It's a completely different book. But, you know, you have three judges, and they the agree. interesting part is that nobody interferes, and contrary to most other prizes, there's no chairman of the panel. So they have to slug it out. They have to slug it out themselves, and it's a very interesting insight into the human dynamics of three different people who don't have a judge, who don't have a chairman, and who read and then all of a sudden call each other and say, so what do you think? Mm. And between the three of them, they work it out. They've done that for over 15 years. Forming a canon is about a whole series of arguments that are put forth to laud the, what, the qualities of certain books. And so this is what's taking place. But as I say, I don't think there's enough argument put forth by these judges, but they have to read. How many books do they have to read? About 105 books a year. That's crazy. Doing that, you, don't you think they'd be muddling up all the different plots? Well, I don't like name dropping, but several years ago I had uh, lunch with Ruth Rendell, the famous mystery writer in England, and she had just come from being a Booker Prize judge. She had read 150 books. <laughs> Jack, she said, in England, no publisher is subsidized. And out of the 150 books, there were many trashy books. Now, that's just her opinion, though, but she read 150 books. So 105 is like... Uh, it's not quite as bad. <laughs> quite yeah, bad. but t it basically tells me that you're having to find judges who've got that kind of time to yes. devote to it, which is sort of biased in favor of people that have got the money to survive. Or people who are in between books, the way uh, at this point Claire Massoud is. I don't know about Ali Smith, but the same thing with uh, Russell Banks. He was in between situations. Books. That's a that's a problem. Every year we go through finding the right judges who, in our opinion, are appropriate judges. And the, at the same time, you, you want to deal with gifted writers. You don't have too many critics on the board, or do you? No, I don't remember having a critic on the board. Why not? I, it just never occurred to us. We might. The thing is, again, though, how many hundreds and hundreds of hours do they have to put into this without getting a cent? Oh, they do get paid. They get an honorarium. Right. Nothing really significant, but it is some form of recognition. What about putting in some kind of criteria? Well... Because <laughs> I've got a list of them for you. Okay. Well, every year I write to the judges, and I... Uh, paraphrase Mordecai's words. I said, forget gender, forget race, forget names. I don't care if it's McGillicuddy or Rabinovich, okay? Pick the best book in your opinion. That's the only criteria we use now. Different people have different opinions. Just pick the best book and don't worry about anything else. 
Don't worry about regional disparities. Don't worry about color, race, creed. Just pick the best book, please. That's a great criteria, but uh, I mean, I looked down the list here, and you've got an interesting, you know, you've got Vasanji, Mystery, you've got Mordecai, you've got Vincent Lamb. You know, it's it's sort of a rainbow coalition here. I mean, this is just the way it's but turned the, out, uh, I guess. It's just, right? it's just the way it's turned out. What about the criticism that you're sort of not supporting, but a lot of these winners come from the big houses versus the smaller independents. Well, that's not true. Vincent Lamb uh, didn't come from a big house. He, he's a new writer. It's really his, his, his first novel or his first series of short stories, okay? But I mean the multi multinationals. Yeah, but remember, there's not that many publishing houses. Penguin, I think, had their new imprint. I forget which, what it is. Yeah, Ham Hamish. Uh, Something like yeah. that, okay? But we don't look at that either. It's oh, just that's the way it works out. That's the way it works, do you know what I mean? And, there was and yet there's so much focus on that. There, that. That's not our focus. It's also healthy to have that. I mean, if there's that, that's what criticism comes of it. And if it's, it's about Canadian culture, then it's, it's a benefit. Absolutely. It's not just about the literature. It's back and forth about our whole cultural climate. How much time do you have? Yeah, five minutes. i got to check out. I guess I won't get into... I won't get into all these evaluative criteria then. Although, if, you, if your objective is to get to the best book, what you're suggesting then is that best is entirely subjective. The best is entirely subjective according to the judges. There's no question about that. Different judges might pick different books. But we try to sort of balance that by having five shortlisted contenders. There is usually unanimous agreement on the five shortlisted authors there is not on the final winner. At least, that's the feeling I get. The final winner is a bit of a skirmish. But the five shortlisted authors are pretty much a unanimous selection because they have the uh, prerogative of either selecting four or six as well. It usually ends up saying we prefer five, but if you only feel four qualify, four. If you feel three qualify, make it three. What, you know what I mean? Don't disrupt or don't undermine your own standards. If you think six, It'll be six, okay? But they usually select five that they agree on. The final one is, I can't say it any better, is a crapshoot. Different judges would pick a different book. What's your favorite Canadian novel? Barney's version. Why? It has to do with a long-time friendship with Mordecai. He's written many good books. Many people have very different feelings, but as far as I'm concerned, Barney's version was his best book. Final question collecting the Giller, it's still pretty easy to pick up first editions of all the Giller Prize winners for not a whole heck of a lot of money. That's wonderful. To me, just picking up the books and reading them and getting a, an appetite to read more is fantastic. Collecting's pretty great, too. Yes, but it becomes a problem like, I, you know, you, you need space. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through that right now. Well, maybe I can come over and take some of your books away from you. Anytime. <laughs> Best of luck with the, uh, with the awards in the future, and congratulations again. Thank you very, very much. It's nice meeting you, and I hope many people tune into your blog. Thanks.